Galen and, and Cass. We've heard some beautiful music today and uh, something about Christmas. It is the season for beautiful music. I think tonight, I, I guess the best way to describe the devotional tonight is I'd, I'd just like to, um, I'd like to bring you a picture uh, that I think is appropriate in this Lottie Moon season. And um, it's in some ways an amazingly encouraging and inspiring picture. In some ways it's, it's a discouraging and heartbreaking picture. I think many of you may not recognize the name John Allen Chow. But uh, he was a missionary who recently was killed in his attempt to reach a small, unreached people group on an island, the North Sentinel Island, uh, somewhere in the area of the Indian Ocean. I ran across an article written by a lady named Renee Graham. I was, I guess, my attention was arrested by the title. The article is about John Allen Chow and Miss Graham, who works for the Boston Globe, which probably tells you something, wrote an article entitled, Missionary didn't die from tribesmen arrows. He was killed by his own arrogance. I want to read part of the article. In the Old Testament, Proverbs sixteen eighteen warns, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Haughty pride calls John Allen Child's destruction and fall. He's the young man from Washington State, originally from Alabama, who decided that what a small tribe on a remote island needed was his personally delivered taste of that old-time religion. What he found was an early grave. Chow didn't die from tribesmen's arrows. He was killed by his own arrogance. A self-styled Christian missionary, Chow tried to foist his presence and beliefs on the Sentinelese tribe. For centuries they have lived on North Sentinel Island, part of the Andaman and Nicobar, Nicobar Islands, hundreds of miles off the southeastern coast of India. Their lives are touched, uh, their lives are untouched by even a hint of modernity, and they do not welcome visitors ever. Chow was an invader who breached their homeland. They stood their ground, let no one else die or be punished for his hubris. Those who helped Chow get to the island have been charged with culpable homicide, not amounting to murder and violating rules that protect aboriginal tribes. Even Chow's grieving family doesn't want to see others suffer for his ill-fated decision. Quote, we forgive those reportedly responsible for his death. They posted on Chow's Instagram page, 
We also ask for the release of those friends he had in the Adaman Islands. He ventured out on his own free will, and his local contacts need not be persecuted for his own actions. Others, meanwhile, are risking their lives trying to retrieve Chow's body. Indian police this week took a boat near the island but dared not step foot on it. Armed with bows and arrows, the tribesmen were patrolling the beach near where Chow is believed to be buried. This is what Chow's foolishness has wrought against the Sentinelese, who only want to live in isolation and peace. Now that his exploits have been have raised awareness of their ex- existence, there is also a risk that they will now be targeted by practitioners of so-called tribal tourism, voyeuristic travelers who intrude on indigenous cultures for an extreme vacation experience. Any interactions with outsiders endangers the Sentinelese, the risk of deadly epidemic of Flu, measles, or other outside disease is very real and increases with every contact. Stephen Corey, Director of Survival International, an advocacy group for tribal people's rights, told the BBC. Mr. Chow's body should be left alone, as should be the Sentinelese. And uh, listen carefully as she closes out her article. In his zealotry, Chow viewed himself as a righteous man eager to declare Jesus to these people. In a letter to his parents, he also wondered if North Sentinel Island was Satan's last stronghold and asked what makes its residents become this defensive and hostile. They're defensive about protecting their homeland. They're hostile only to intruders. Chow refused to see that. Like centuries of self-aggrandizing missionaries before him, Chow saw himself as a humble servant of God He sought to use his waterproof Bible to compel those he viewed as savages from their perceived godlessness. Their worth extended only as far as his ability to coerce them into accepting his beliefs. This is piety weaponized into a tool of domination and supremacy meant to crush non-conforming cultures. It's what white Europeans did to indigenous people and enslaved people to tame and control them. Some Christian compatriots have already anointed Chow as a martyr. He's not. He did not die in defense of his religion. Instead, he made a fatal miscalculation in deciding that his way and his God were the only acceptable path. He cared more for his flawed ideas about saving souls than about respecting lives. Chow died trying to force on others his way of life. The Sentinelese did what they deemed necessary to protect theirs. Now, again, I shared with you Renee Graham as a columnist for the Boston Globe. She doesn't think highly of Christians, as you can tell in her article, who want to share their faith in Christ. But Miss Graham evidently didn't know much about John Chow. John Chow was a 26-year-old missionary, originally from Alabama, transplanted to Washington, but of Native American Chinese, and Southeastern Asian descent. He was an EMT. Before he headed to the North Sentinel Island, he took 13 immunizations to protect the people on that island from any disease that he might carry to that island unknowingly. Before that, 
he also placed himself under a self-imposed quarantine. And he loved Jesus with all his heart. We have a portion of his journal that he kept for those few days that he lived there on the North Sentinel Island. And I wanted to share just the closing portions and then make some observations. These are his words, not the words of Miss Graham that we see so bitter and hostile in the Boston Globe. These are the words of someone genuinely concerned for the souls of people who do not know Christ. He writes, Lord, strengthen me as I need your strength and protection and guidance in all that you give and all that you are. Whoever comes after me to take my place, whether it's after tomorrow or another time, please give them a double anointing and bless them mightily. Chow's final journal entry was written about 6.20 a.m. on the morning of November the 16th. He writes, Woke up after a fairly restful sleep, heading to the island now. I hope this isn't my last notes, but if it is, to God be the glory. He added a note to his family. You guys might think I'm crazy in all of this, but I think it's worth it to declare Jesus to these people. Please do not be angry at them or at God if I get killed. Rather, please live your lives in obedience to whatever he has called you. And I'll see you again when you pass through the veil. Don't worry with retrieving my body. This is not a pointless thing. The eternal lives of this tribe are is at stake. And I can't wait to see them around the throne of God worshiping in their own language as Revelation chapter 7 states. I love you all and I pray none of you love anything in this world more than Jesus Christ. Soli Deo Gloria. To God alone be the glory. And signed, John Chow. I used to think the most misunderstood thing in all the world was calculus. I no longer believe that. Instead, I believe today that Christianity is the most misunderstood thing in all the world. And that Jesus Christ is the most misunderstood person in all the world. And that Christians are the next most misunderstood people in all the world. Many folks today think Christians are intrusive bullies who demand that others believe what they believe. They look at us and accuse us of persecution and intolerance. But we do not seek to coerce. We do not seek to brainwash. We do not seek to force the gospel on anyone. We do not seek to intimidate. We do not seek to harass. We do not seek to propagandize. We only seek to be obedient to the great commission of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 28, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, 
baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. And then just before he ascended back into heaven in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, Jesus said something and, and there's a wonderful little word there that just just in recent days has really grabbed my attention. He said to his disciples, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. King James says the uttermost part of the earth. Other translations say to the ends of the earth. The New American Standard that I just read says to the remotest part of the earth. And one one translation puts it this way, to the farthest parts of the earth. Our only duty as believers is what we are told to do when it comes to international missions and the Lottie Moon offering for international missions. Our duty is to pray, to give And to go out with the gospel. We don't go out to make other people believe what we believe. We don't go out to coerce or force or intimidate or persecute. We leave the results with the Holy Spirit and the individual. In fact, Jesus said in Luke chapter 9 verse 5 these words. And for those who do not receive you as you go out from that city, shake the dust off your feet. It's a testimony against them. In other words, Jesus is saying, you don't hold a sword to their throat. You don't twist their arm. You don't try to humiliate them and shame them. You don't try to coerce them. You don't try to use various techniques to force them by peer pressure into a certain response. All Jesus asks us to do is share That's all John Chow wanted to do. And his first time he reached the island, he had brought some little things that he thought might be helpful to the natives who lived there. And he caught two large fish. And he made his way to the island and he was offering the fish as a gift just to show that he loved them and he cared about them. And he had attached to the fish little packages of gifts of things that they might find useful in in their way of life. Eventually he was shot by actually a young boy with an arrow. We don't know how he was finally killed. We know that that shot of the arrow did not kill him, but something else eventually did. But he just went there to share Jesus. He knew it could be dangerous, but he just wanted to give them a chance. Now, Miss Graham thinks him much the fool. From her place at the Boston Globe and the comfort of her office, she can look down on Christians as arrogant and ignorant little people, people who really don't understand the weightier things of life, people who just need a little more education. The truth of the matter is that Christians are not the ones trying to coerce their beliefs on others. Rather, it's people like Miss Graham who are the true coercers of our culture. 
But I close with a reminder of those wonderful words by Jim Elliott, who also gave his life, like John Chow, not to reach people off the coast of India, but instead to reach people in the midst of the Amazon rainforest, the Alka Indians. And before he died and his body was found, he wrote these words, He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. I don't understand these things. But somehow in the mystery of eternity, two men I believe have met by now. One has been in heaven for a long time. His name is Jim Elliott. And the other is a fresh young face who's just arrived. And his name is John Chow. And somewhere I gotta believe at the feet of Jesus, Jim and John are exchanging notes. And they're finding once again themselves in agreement. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Would you pray with me? Lord, we talk about Lottie